Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the SCB Steelers podcast presented by Deck Roofing Incorporated of South Florida. Quick shout out to the folks down there. Their season uh, coming to an end, just like ours. Big Dolphins contingent there at the Deck Bar. And uh, I, I know it ended uh, uh, abruptly, as the seasons always do. We are very glad to be part of the Variety Sports Network. And, of course, the show originates from the Bradshaw Bourbon Studio. Cheers to everyone. Scarps, I got to give you credit, dude. You are hanging in there like a freaking trooper. You have not touched a drop of alcohol throughout the month of January. And I can only imagine how excited you are that our uh, uh, show will fall on the first day of February. I'm, you know, I'm, I'm just always a step ahead. You know what I mean? Uh, <laughs> You're a renaissance man. Oh, always looking ahead. Love it. Now that I mean, now that I mean, now that I've made it more than halfway, I can't quit now. So no, no. got to keep it rolling. Yes, absolutely. Um, Ian should be along shortly. Um, speak of the devil. And, um, <laughs> and Ben is in waiting maybe they've had some weather out there in portland and he currently is without that necessary item we call power um so we're hoping he's going to be able to jump on at some point some way we know you would all miss him otherwise but we will do our best uh ian how are you tonight i'm good i'm good we're having some weather coming through tonight apparently um but none of it will interfere or none of it will ever top the greatest weather-related event in SCB podcast history. Oh, here we go. When Mark's power went out and we had SCB overtime. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's amazing how the power went out, but yet you guys were still able to keep recording. And that originated the whole overtime thing, which yes. we're long overdue for, by the way. Um, maybe next week. February 1st. February yeah, 1st. It might yeah. be next week. That's two weeks. Um, two weeks. Ian, what are you drinking? Uh, yeah, two weeks. My two, two weeks so that Ryan can drink again. Right. Um, since, uh, but, I'm, but, a I'm a quitter. That's <laughs> <laughs> all right. If you're okay. a quitter, that means you'll be a starter at some point, too. <laughs> uh, um, I'm like, I'm like I'm, Eric Rowe. <laughs> I am uh, I'm drinking my Christmas cheer drink, which tastes like a candy cane, and it's delicious. So, oh yeah, you you've yes. uh, you've been enjoying that now for a few weeks, huh? Well, yes, because I I really don't drink you know vodka triple sec and peppermint schnapps and fresca very often, but for the podcast we go all out. Now, was that a self-made concoction or did you find this somewhere? Uh, this was a concoction that my fraternity in college dreamed up for uh one of our uh, events that we had, except we made it uh in like a big gatorade cooler i was gonna say if something tells me it was in like a rubbermaid container pretty much Kitty yeah and Kitty the, pool. so i <laughs> after i graduated i had to back out the proportions into a single cup size because as you know when you're in college you just dump whole handles yeah. oh, yes. into a gatorade cooler and then you drink it um but you know as a adult i had to be a little more responsible and distill it down to a single glass drink. It, it is quite amazing the things that we drank alcohol out of <laughs> when you really think about it. 
maybe I'm just talking for myself and, yeah. and you, Ian. But uh, I never yeah. did it. But like our rugby kids would like drink out of a rugby boot, and I was like, "That's disgusting." Yeah, I'm not going there. Yeah, I, I mean, I'll dr- I'll drink out of like a brand new uh, trash container somebody bought just so they could mix all the drink. I, that's fine. But no, nah, I'm not drinking out of somebody's damn shoe. <laughs> the hell's that all about? Uh, anyway, people are not here to hear us uh, tell tall tales of drinking and stuff. Try this toilet wine. <laughs> right, right. Uh, you know, I, I got a nice mix in my tub. Uh, yeah. And I, I just I just bathed, too. Um, snorted. Wasn't there an episode of Seinfeld where Kramer washed his, like, lettuce in the shower? Yes. And made a salad in fact, with he it? put the uh, uh, incinerator in the shower. That's right. Yeah. yeah. Prepare his salads. Yes. Yeah. Oh, God. What a classic. Anyway, uh, all right, I'm going to uh, come out with it straight here, guys. Uh, Ian, I'll, I'll start with you first. Did the Pittsburgh Steelers in 2023 have a successful football season? Uh, at the end of the day, this team is who we thought they were, right? They got there by a bit of a different path than we expected. Mm-hmm. You know, I think when we went back uh, to our season previews, we all kind of predicted they'd be right in that nine and seven to eleven and six kind of range. Ten and seven was kind of the average. We had a varying degrees of make the playoffs, miss the playoffs. I think I was the most aggressive in my prediction and said maybe they win a playoff game if they get the right matchup. And I yeah. think I said I didn't like the matchup with Buffalo, um, but nevertheless, you know, at the end of the day, they were who we thought they were. Oh, I have a visitor. Hey, you want to say hi to my but, friends? Say hi. What? This is Maggie. Well, She's the one Maggie. I delivered in the bathtub. Oh, uh, hopefully that was before you mixed the drinks. Oh, yeah. Um, no, that was three years ago. But um, <laughs> yeah, but at any rate, they are who we thought they were, right? They finished yeah. 10 and 7. They lost a playoff game. We kind of figured they weren't good enough to get to the divisional round. But at the end of the day, I mean, they went 5 and 1 against the division. They won three games on the West Coast. And they bounced back from two terrible losses. Now, granted, their resume was marred by those two terrible losses. Right. You right. want to talk now. Do you like watching the Steelers? Yes. Yes. <laughs> Do you like waving the terrible towel? Okay. Yes. So so, so would you yeah. call it a successful season? It wasn't an outright failure, but I'm not sure if I would call it a success. So I I think I said at the beginning of the year, if we made the AFC championship game, I would consider it a resounding success. If we won a playoff game, I would say it it was a success. But I mean, if if my options are success or failure, it wasn't a failure either. It's like somewhere in the middle. But yeah, if I was giving it a grade, it would be like a B minus C plus kind of year. Okay, fair enough. Uh, Scarps, are you wearing Cam Hayward's hat, by the way? Yeah, he. Yeah, he gave this to me before I left. Um, That's nice. I noticed the ninety-seven on the other side. I like how they do that for the players. Bless his heart. Um, <laughs> would you Would you call this season a success? I mean, that's a, it's a tough question. Um, mm-hmm. You know, uh, on one hand, I'm going to say no, and. Uh, and I'm I'm going to say that because Mike Tomlin today, uh, you know, in his season and season ending press conference, reiterated that you know, their goal is to be world champions. And, yep. you know, I would say this type of season, um, you know, for the you know, for the Carolina Panthers or, or Oakland Raiders would be great. 
But, um, you know, this is the Steelers, um, and they are held to a higher standard. And so I think it's a failure because, yeah, they weren't world champions, but do I think this team overachieved to a certain extent? Yeah, I think, I think, I think so. I think that's fair. They did overachieve. Uh, you know, they do have some talented players, but overall, they're not very good. They, they, you know, they battled injuries all year, but, you know, as we've been told by Mike Tomlin, next man up, standard is the standard. So, oh, yeah. Yeah. you know, every team in this league's goal is to win a world championship, and only one team every year gets to do that. So they overachieved, but it's still not good enough. And, yes, this season was a failure, mm-hmm. as were the last however many <laughs> since they were world champions. But, you know, I, I like Ian said, I wouldn't give it a total F. But, you know, I, I'd probably give them C, C-ish, something like that. I, I think it's average. It's fair. I agree with you guys. I, I, you know, and I agree with what George is saying. You know, the goal is to win a Super Bowl title. That That's the goal. If you don't achieve the goal, then you haven't been successful. At the same time, I can also say there were positive steps taken in some areas. Um Ian mentioned winning on the West Coast, uh, five and one in the division. There were positives to take from it. But at the end of the day, the NFL is a results oriented business, and the biggest result we did not get. Um, and so that's where we're at. Um, I, I want to touch on something, and, and I know Ben and I definitely disagreed with this. And I, Scarps, I think you and I disagreed with this too. And I, and I just wanted to throw it out there for the general audience too. You know, when uh, when when Tomlin was asked a question, Brooke Pryor, ESPN, asked him about, you know, uh, what, what's your future, basically, and he stormed off. We all agreed his response was not good. Um, he, he could have eliminated a bazillion different issues just by saying, now's not the time. But he stormed off. That created a firestorm. I said I didn't like the question. You, you and Ben, and, and I don't know, Ian, how you felt about it. Um, you, you guys were like, no, it's a fair question. And why did you, Ryan, feel that was a fair question at that time? Um, and, and, and this it's a loaded, it's, it's, this is loaded because Tomlin was again asked about it today. But um, okay. I think it's a fair question because numerous national analysts or insiders if you will mm-hmm. have been talking about this and the first person that talked about this was Jay Glazer who is boys with Tomlin and you know no one no reporter and I respect all the reporters but no reporter flat out said like well this started because Jay Glazer said it and and like we, we you know we, we see you guys interact at training camp like mm-hmm. we see you like it's you know so um, I think it's a fair, it's a fair question. Do I think that the timing of it wasn't the best? Yeah, I'll, I'll give that. But, but at the end of the day, you can't control what questions you're asked, but you can't no. control your responses. And Tomlin, and I've said this on the show a million times, Tomlin is not, um, he's not dumb. He's a very smart dude. So that's mm-hmm. why I was stunned, stunned done that he walked away mm-hmm. and then today he was all smiles at sunshine and rainbows and it's like what changed between then and now it's kind of like the whole 
Kenny Pickett magically got uh, magically got cleared when he got home from Seattle. You know, <laughs> you know, it's like it. And like I, even, you know, I posted this earlier today. It's like I, I that 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 extension's a done deal. And then Art confirmed to Jerry Dulac that yeah, we're going to extend Mike. So it's like it's like did you not know? Like, and then he, you know, he, he laughed about it today and, yeah. um, you know, I, I appreciate that he, you know, he right away addressed it and, and, and explained his rationale, but, um, yeah, it's a fair question, especially when your buddy is the first one that reports it and, yep. you know, whether he, whether, you know, whether Mike likes it or not, he hasn't, he hasn't done anything in the postseason for years now. It's so a if you long start, time. So if you start connecting the dots. You know, his buddy says, Oh, Mike Tomlin might take a make some mm-hmm. take some time off. Mm-hmm. It's gonna be up to Mike Tomlin what Mike Tomlin wants to do. Of course, you're gonna get asked about it. And you know, Mike's always the king of oh, I'm not familiar with what, what you're asking about. It's like, <laughs> bullshit, dude. You get briefed. We, yeah. I've briefed you before, man. Like, don't don't act like you don't know. But that but that's what I'm saying. He's very tactical and he's very smart about it. And you know, uh, you know, again, I I know Brooke, I respect Brooke. I think Brooke does a wonderful mm-hmm. job. You know, I'm sure she had pressure from her employer to ask that question sure. and ask it as soon as possible. And They've she had, did had it on she, their website numerous times. So I'm sure she was. And and she did. And, you know, again, Mike, Mike could have Mike could have easily just said, hey, I, don't, I we'll, we'll talk about that later this week when I when I talk to you. This is about this game in this season. And he didn't. He, he like walked away and he made he made it a story because he didn't answer it. Yeah, exactly. And that's, we were all on board with that part of it. Ian, what was your take on the question and his response? But also I'll, I'll throw another thing in there for you too. Uh, is it, is it at all possible, or maybe the better way of asking that, is it likely that Glazier and, and company, uh, maybe his Tom's response was all about getting this extension done at a market price that he wanted? <sighs> I mean, he's certainly well paid as it is, and in the market to be even more well paid now as the longest tenured head coach with his team in yep. the league since Bill Belichick uh, parted ways in New England. So I, I think it was a fair question. I'm not sure if that was the right spot to ask it, though. Um, you know, like right as he's coming off the field after losing a playoff game. Mm-hmm. That said, for him just to walk away, you know, after there was that speculation out there that he had to know about, you know, from all the guys. Oh, for sure. And, 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 but that said, you know, the, the simple response is just like, Hey, I was so focused on coaching this game. I was trying to prepare my team. Like I, I'm not thinking about that right now. I'll talk about that in my season ending press conference, whatever, Mm -hmm. but to just kind of storm off, you know, it, I mean, we've talked, I've said all year that I thought his press conferences this year that he was a little snarkier and yep. was a little, you know, more short-tempered. So, uh, yeah, I was a little surprised by that, that, you know, I, I don't know if he's quite gotten to the point of, like, Chuck Knoll saying that the media is the enemy, but, uh, <laughs> <laughs> you know, he, uh, he he definitely had a different approach with, with the media this year than he did in past years, especially in like the public settings and the press conferences and things like that. So, you know, I think it's a fair question though, given all the stories that are out there that said, like, 
did you need to ask it like timing right time it's a timing thing right like maybe wait till you know he's gonna do a season ending press conference maybe wait till that and today he even kind of joked about it right he ended his press conference by saying does anybody have any more questions about my contract ha 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 you know (laughs) so it was like i you know i i think there's got to be a sense of relief even even though you lose the season's over it's a long strenuous grind uh so there's probably a, a sense of relief there uh, for, for sure. Um, yeah, I, he, he just looked, he looked beat, uh, as the season wore on, um, you know, and, and, uh, but, but be that as it may, it sounds like it's going to be a done deal now and, uh, we'll, we'll move on from there. Um, I, I, I wanted to talk about the bills game a little bit. There's, it's, three days old now there's not a lot of sense getting too far into it but uh ryan did did you feel at any time the steelers had a chance in that game no um even when they cut it to seven um i knew the bills were going to go right down the field i you like you know say what you want about josh allen the dude the dude is a killer (laughs) and yes you know, in all week, Steelers fans are like, oh, we're gonna we're gonna force three turnovers. I'm like, yeah, right, okay. Um, I thought we'd get one. You I'll know, say that. And but. I would, you know, I I didn't even think we were gonna get one. And the only way we were gonna get one is probably because they fumbled it. And mm-hmm. I was like, okay, if it snows, maybe they fumble. But I'm sitting there thinking, like, our defense is not good enough to to pick him off i'm sorry it's just not and without tj and minka had to do more and minka did not have a good game but um josh allen is a killer um he he's just he's just you just knew he was going down the field i appreciate that they fought because you know i mean once again down 21 nothing like oh my god like (laughs) we'll talk i mean we'll talk probably more about mike tomlin you know you know, again, I, I think he's a great coach, but like, oh my god, it's the, been so, the, it's been end so, of the half. it's been so bad these yeah. past five postseason games, and you know, for for, for you know, I, I get you know, I mean, if I was in his shoes, I'd be ecstatic too if I got an extension because you know I've been a regular season champ for how many years now with nothing to show for it, yeah. and you know, I you know on the yeah on the it was 14 nothing mason threw that mason had a bad throw there's no question um and then they made a 21 nothing and i mean when you're down 21 nothing as we've seen whether they're at home or on the road <laughs> it's really hard to come back when yeah. you're down 21 yeah. uh in either 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 location yep. um but no i as soon as it, as soon as they it, once it got to 14 i was like this this game's over then it was 21. It's over. Yeah. You know, this is an interesting point from Aaron right here about the fact that um, it ended up being the second most competitive game of the entire weekend. Uh, I don't know that I would have believed that either. Um, after all the blowouts we saw, um, you know, Saturday and Sunday. But uh, be that as it may, uh, do they need to address the issue of the quarterback slide and the fake slide? You know, I'll, I'll give that one to you. I, I think it needs to be equitably enforced, right? We've seen plenty of hits on Justin Fields, on even Mason Rudolph earlier in the game yep. slid and 
the hit was probably about the same timing as the hit that Miles Jack got flagged for on Josh Allen. So, I mean, I don't, there's no way that touchdown run by Allen, there's no way you could have called him down or even fake sliding or thinking mm-hmm. about sliding. Like mm-hmm. he slowed running, but never entered any kind of sliding motion that you could say he was down. Like that was a completely legal play. What he did. Agreed. I understand the complaint that like the first time, he, he stopped and started, and Lamar Jackson does that stuff all the time. There was a play maybe two or three years ago where Lamar was dancing all around and Cam Hayward was coming at him, and he stepped out of bounds, and then Hayward blew him up and got flagged for a 15-yard penalty yeah. for hitting a guy out of bounds. And it's like, if you don't hit him there, he's going to take off going up the field. Like, what are you supposed to do? There's there's things that put the defensive players in bad positions, um, but I think you just need to – they need to equitably enforce those flags for, you know, hits on a sliding player and things like that. Um, But it is kind of a lose-lose situation, right? Where if the defensive player launches himself, then the quarterback goes down and gets a flag versus Mm -hmm. if, um, you know, if if the defensive player doesn't launch into a tackling move, then the quarterback just keeps running. Like there's, it's a lose-lose proposition for the defense. So um, yeah, yeah. I think it's more about equitably enforcing the hits during the slide. Yeah, there's no cons- there's no consistency and like like Nate Burleson um Nate Burleson sorry from at halftime was basically like Josh, he's like Josh Allen's not sliding in the open field like that. And he didn't. He runs like Fred Flintstone like he like, <laughs> you know, like he so like Hey Bon. Yeah, but but on the but on the Mouse Jack play, those types of plays, you're right, Ian. They're not. They're not consistently enforced. Yeah. And my whole thing is, when the quarterbacks go into the ground, don't touch them. And I and it's just the way it is. It's just the way it is now. And I know it puts. De- I know it puts defenders in a tough spot. Yeah. But just, I mean, the, if they're giving themselves up, why would you give them an extra fifteen? Do do you agree though, Scarps, that there are there are times when it's it's simultaneous when you get a defender coming in to make a tackle, quarterbacks going into the slide. I, I mean, and and I just look at it from a purely scientific point. I don't know how you stop your momentum at that point. I I, I don't know either. I, I yeah, don't. I, I don't know either. You know, the Demonte KZ hit on Michael Pittman. Um, I get why they're trying to protect the head, but like, absolutely, but, yeah. You know, but even even you know the the Higby play from the Lions game, Ooh, I mean, boy. But but what do you want? What do you want? What do you want right. him to do? I mean, Tyler right. Higby. Tyler Higby is a grown ass man. Um, yep. you can't hit him high. You can't hit him low. If and Dan Campbell flat out said he's like, hey man, we're aiming for the thigh pad. And you know what? Some if Tyler Higby moves a little bit, or vice versa, or Kirby Joseph moves vice versa, whatever it is, you get a blown out knee. And like these. It's very, very hard to defend in in the league, and mm-hmm. I, I believe me, I, I feel for the defenders, but this is just the way it is now. And if they can, I'm fine if they consistently enforce the calls, but they just they don't. You're right, Justin yeah. Fields gets smacked and they don't do anything. Patrick Mahomes barely gets smacked and 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 they call in the national guard. You know, but like, but like, it's just like, like. Josh Allen is a big ass dude and he yeah. is not go he is not going down in the open field. Well, Mahomes is starting to really irritate the hell out of me. He is whining on every single play. I mean, if a guy breathes on him, he's he, he immediately looks over at the official. And, I, I, and, I, it's irritating. And speaking of that, and this is this is this is 
this was funny to me because he's absolutely now getting the Brady treatment. Oh, for his, sure. It, his basically his helmet like breaks mm-hmm. and and the referees like taps him is like, oh, go fix your helmet. Any other guy, they got to take a timeout or he has yes. to miss a play or he has and, and they're and they're just like, oh, Patrick, go get your second helmet, bud, and get back in the game. <laughs> like it's just like there's just no like there's no consistency. Yeah, and and uh, I, I don't remember the the group the team that was called it might have been Blackledge and and the other guy that were calling that, but they were right on that. They're like, yes. hey, wait a minute, wait a minute. Normally, a team's got to take a timeout here uh, to deal with this. Um, it, it reminded me of almost like a, uh, in an NBA game or a college basketball game where a, a guy gets a, uh, you know, something on his uniform or has to run over just runs over, takes care of it, comes back. Yeah. Nothing going, but that's not how the NFL works, but, um, be, be that as it may, it, you know, I, I, I root for the bills. I, I, they got a great fan base. Um, I, I mean, I think it would be wonderful for them, small market team, to to get to the Super Bowl and hopefully win it at this point. But you know, it, it's going to be tough. There's some really good quarterbacks left in in the AFC, especially. But um, you know, uh, we we got there, and where we were four or five weeks ago, I don't know. But yeah, and to to Matt's point here, the the other thing too, you interview ten different receivers in the NFL, and they'll tell you go high. I'd rather have a concussion and miss a week than have my entire season gone because of a knee. And uh, I, I think that's kind of what Matt Stafford was saying to uh, the DB and and uh, so on. But I, I get it. I get it. Matt yeah. Stafford annoys the shit out of me, too. <laughs> well, but the NFL's not getting sued over knee injuries either. So there's well, that, you know. Exactly. Great point. They're, they're not. They're not. Um can I, can I, yeah, you're doing that thing. You know? No, I, I, I've got two different things I want to get into, but no, go ahead. Yeah. Can I, can I just jump in on the bills game? Cause I was off when you asked yep. Ryan yep. about his uh, impressions of the, yeah. the bills game. Um, the, this game followed a very similar script to a lot of other games that I've seen. Um, and oh, hold on one second. Sorry. I had a, three-year-old who was like i need to use the potty and i was like go (laughs) use it then don't stand here in the middle of my carpeted living room um so okay uh so so this was the fourth straight playoff game that the steelers have spotted the opponents at least a a three touchdown lead yep um at least a 21 nothing lead before the wait oh, sorry let me let me rephrase that at least a three touchdown lead before our offense scored because a couple years ago in Kansas City in Ben's last game TJ Watt returned that fumble right. for a touchdown but then it was then Kansas City scored five touchdowns in a row and it was 35 to 7 before our offense put points on the board so yeah. the it was the the fourth straight game that the other the other team had at least uh, you know, three offensive touchdowns mm-hmm. before our offense scored. Uh, so, but also similar script that Steelers fans will recognize. We got behind early. We battled back and made it sort of close. And then I, I think I said to you guys in our chat, I, I said, like, I've seen this script before. They get close enough. And yep. then, like, either the refs blow a call or somebody fumbles in a Super Bowl or, you know, somebody makes a play and then that person is like 
the goat, not the greatest of all time, but like the scapegoat of yep. it's that person's fault that we lost. And you even saw it in this game, right? Like George Pickens blaming the refs. Like it's the refs fault. We lost for not calling pass interference. And was it pass interference? Probably. Yes. I mean, it was, it was arguably no, no less than what they called in the Super Bowl that gave Mahomes the the victory, you know, last yeah, year. Yeah. Um, so there's that. But you can't rely on the refs to win you a game when you spot the other team a 21-point lead, right? right? They called two penalties against the Bills all game. So it is what it is. But at the same time, like, it's such a familiar script. It's like we spotted them a lead, we battled back, and then – you know, something something happened, whether it was we committed a turnover or the refs blew a call or whatever, and that person's now the scapegoat of why we lost this game. Absolutely. And it's like, no, we we spotted them a 21 nothing lead. Actually, if you want to ask the turning point in the game, it was that interception Mason threw in the end zone that then the, and then they marched yes. what 90 yards for a, or 80 yards for a touchdown after that. I mean, that's a that's a 14 point swing but, right there. But on that same drive. It was a, I don't, like, so we talk about the refs, right? On the same drive, Muth fumbled, and the Bills absolutely got that that ball in bounds, and they would have been at, like, the 50, and they were going to score regardless. How did they say that it it grazed his helmet? I didn't see any angle that suggested that that's what happened. I I think it was that the call on the field was... you know, the call on the field was not, not a fumble or, or out of bounds or whatever. Okay. And they were just like, they were just like, we don't want to deal with this shit anymore. It's we're just yeah, sticking hey, with the call on the field. Steelers, hang on to the damn ball. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I, yeah. And that's another point that I think we talked about, but about, you know, Mike Tomlin's playoff failures and all that. And, mm-hmm. and yes, we haven't won a playoff game in seven years. That is the truth. But at the same time, like Mike Tomlin, didn't tell Pat Fryermuth to go out there and fumble that ball. He didn't tell George Pickens to go out there and fumble that ball. Like he didn't mm-hmm. tell Mason Rudolph to, Hey, throw this ball completely to the inside of this guy instead of throwing it to the, you know, throwing it on the, on the pylon. Right. So yes, Tomlin has Tomlin owns the playoff failures, but also at the same time, the players, have some part in that too. Absolutely. I I do wonder though, because it is a pattern now, four or five postseason games. I mean, is there something that Tomlin just isn't doing or is I, doing? I think I, if you ask me, it's starting slow, right? That the spotting teams 21 nothing leads, you're not gonna come back. No, that. you're you're hardly yeah. gonna do that in the regular season, let I alone mean, the postseason, Ryan. And yes, we and I think they're I think in their in their last five playoff games, they're they're minus ten in turnover differential. Yeah, I like think they have two or twelve to two, twelve like to that. two or yeah. something like that. But, but Tomlin, who's supposed to be the defensive guy, they're getting outscored sixty six to nothing in the first quarter yeah. of these. Like, like it again. Like, oh my, oh my god! Like the national. The national, like the national people that are just like tell, saying, that in, in, listen, we can shit on the Cowboys all we want, but the national people that are like, this is insane. They're keeping Mike McCarthy. And it's like, well, what are the, what, what is, what is it that the Steelers are doing? How is it not the same thing? Like, it's a, it's a fair question. It's, it's, it's just like, it's so bizarre. And like, 
I don't wish any ill will towards Mike Tomlin. I just this not. is the, this is the first year I've even questioned if he's still the right guy. And and again, like it's just you know, Ian talks about patterns. Every playoff game for the past five has been the same thing. They get the doors blown off them early. They try to make a comeback and then they just shit the bed. And it's and, like, it, and and I get it. I totally get it. You know, Mason Rudolph versus Josh Allen, but like. You know, we don't have Josh Allen, but no. we st- we're supposed to have this great defense, and we're supposed to have a great defensive coach. I know you didn't have TJ Watt, but I, I don't know. It- it's I'm I'm tired of I'm tired of making excuses. And if they would have just if they would have just won a playoff game in 2017 and 2020, I, I thought about this. If they beat the Jaguars and losing the AFC championship, but that they beat the Browns and losing the divisional round. Right. I wouldn't give a shit if they lost 31, 17 to the bills because this team shouldn't even probably have been there. And, and like, you know what I'm saying? So it's like, if they would just win, if they would have just won a playoff game, I don't think people would be so mad at Tomlin. And, 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 but like, you know, the, the dude at one point today said, I'm not, I'm not job scared. And I was like, damn, like, oh, Casey, you'll touch on this later. But like, mm-hmm. he's like, he's like, more than anything, it's like, I don't have to address these questions to you guys. And I'm like, wow, dude, like, do you think your job's that secure? And to me, I mean, dude, like, I understand that you're one of the, you know, have what, you know, a great winning percentage, mm-hmm. but you haven't done anything in the, you're, you know, you're, you're three and nine in your last 12 postseason games. Like, it's been 13 years of, Nothing. Most coaches on losing seasons. Yeah, most coaches <laughs> would never get that opportunity to, no, and to even get there. And it's uh, funny because, sorry, Mark, go ahead. No, I was just going to say, I, I, I think if there's a common denominator in all of it, I, I think they're getting out coached early. I think the way that offensive coordinators are scheming against the Steelers in, in these postseason games, they're just beating them with with scheme and stuff and and it's too late by the time we adjust i i mean i don't know how anybody could look at those four or five games yes there were turnovers don't get me mm-hmm. wrong there were but there were also pretty consistent long solid drives too um yeah. so yeah. that's where i'm at i agree and you know our deep like our defensive our defenses aren't making adjustments and then our offenses mm-hmm. are running are running the ball through between the tackles fucking against 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 cover uh, you one, know, nine man front, you know, like you know, nine guys in a box, and it's like, yep. you know, I, I mean, Naj, Naj had a couple good games in a row, and then they couldn't run the ball against the Bills, and you know, it, it, you know, what credit the Bills, they are a better team. Josh Allen is a beast. Their defense has lost a ton of their, guys. Their depth was better than our depth. Yes, like, yep. and it's funny because, um, they lost just as many inside linebackers as we have. Yeah. Um. And then, like, as soon as he came in, I was like, holy shit, they still have A.J. Clyde. I, I was I, the same way. Like, I thought shit, he was, I thought he, I was, thought he was, I thought he was, I thought he was hurt. And I was I just like, retired. I, I was like, I was like, yeah, I thought he was just hurt. And I was like, wow, I was like, that's still a pretty good depth piece. I mean, it's, it's way better than Miles Jack off, you know, Miles Jack off Jesus. Miles, <laughs> Miles <laughs> Jack. <laughs> but like, 
it's you know so you know kudos to Sean McDermott. There ever since they got rid of Ken Dorsey, they've been on fire. Yeah, their defense their defense has been really really good despite being injured. And you know what, Russell Douglas is going to be back this week. Probably Gabe Davis might be back this week. They're they're you know they still don't have. They, you know, we'll talk about predictions later, but sure. you know, credit, credit the bills, man. Like they, you know, they, they did what they needed to do. They, they did. And uh, their depth was better. I, I just, I think when you look at that pattern, there's a lot of uh, schematic advantages that, that these coordinators are having over us. And, you know, speaking of coordinators now, one thing I think a lot of us were happy about today was that Tomlin did say they're going to look outside for an offensive coordinator. The thing he didn't say, though, is what nobody's talking about, is that it sounds like he's going to stay status quo on defense. And that concerns me. Now, I could be wrong. There could be a change coming there, too. But I've not been impressed with Daryl Austin. As Matt said, and we've said a million times on this program, Brian Flores was the guy that should have been given that job, not, not Terrell Austin. But, you know, what do I know or what do we know? Um, but as far as the OC, Ian, what do you want to see in a new uh, – just give me some bullet points of what you want to see in a new OC. Somebody who can put players in positions to take advantage of their skill sets and doesn't try and be like, this is my offense and I'm going to run it and – whatever guys we have are going to have to run my stuff, right? Like you, you want an offense geared towards what your players do well and what their skill sets are and putting them in positions to succeed and also being able to just like scheme guys open, right. Yeah. Or scheme a running play where the blocking is going to open it up. It's like, you know, just being able to, to scheme something that, you know, it's like, Oh, we're going to run this pass concept where if they're playing zone, we'll read this side of the field because we've got a zone-beating concept over here. And if they're playing man, we'll read this side of the field because we've got a man-beating concept over here. And like something like that that, you know, Tomlin did also say that I think is noteworthy that his preference is for somebody who's been a coordinator before. Yep. Um, and there have been a handful of coordinators that have been fired. Uh, or you know, moved on from, or or have their head coaches fired. Now, does that mean you know there's a lot of question marks out there right now? Like a guy like Eric Bieniemy, who I know we've talked about a lot on this show. Washington's looking for a new head coach. Are they going to keep Bieniemy around? Are they going to, you know, is their new head coach going to want to bring in his own guy? Same thing with Shane Waldron in Seattle, who I think is one of the the best young coordinators in the league. Um. You know, Seattle moved on from Pete Carroll. So are they going to yeah. keep Shane Waldron as their offensive coordinator or are they going to move on from him? Um, you know, Cleveland, to their credit, as much as I hate saying this about the Browns, had a top 10 scoring offense this year <laughs> without their starting quarterback or starting running back who were like the star of the show, you know, and uh, and fired their offensive coordinator. So, mm -hmm. you know. It is what it is. I also, I, the other thing I, I thought was noteworthy about Tomlin's press conference today was somebody asked him if he was opposed to adding more staff on the offensive side of the ball as like additional assistance. Uh -huh. And he said that anything was on the table. And, and I think we talked about this last year that we were kind of yes. like, you know what they should have done 
Like, well, what they should have done was fire Matt Canada. But <laughs> what they should have done in addition to that was hire someone like a Jim Caldwell under a title of like a senior offensive assistant. Yep, and we did. We talked about that several times. Have that brain in the building. And then it's like, if you need to move on from Canada, you have a guy who's kind of done it before who you can plug in. And they didn't do that. So I I think personally, I'm not tied to someone who has been a coordinator before, but Tomlin specifically said that today. So I think that's kind of where they're leaning right now. And and actually to, you know, you mentioned about the bills firing Ken Dorsey to Dorsey's credit. He got fired because Josh Allen couldn't stop turning the ball over. That was it. Last year, they were a top five scoring offense and they were a top, 10 scoring offense this year before he got fired. And the change has basically been that Allen stopped turning the ball over and they started winning games. Hey, it, it, absolutely. And, and Scarps, before I turn it over to you, I'm going to mm-hmm. say one thing about Eric Bieniemy. The one thing I would like about him, he holds guys accountable. They're, 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 if, I, if I've seen it once, I've seen it a thousand times, that one of the things that the Chiefs are really struggling with this year is their offense lacks that guy that goes over to a player and says, if you can't do the job, you're not playing. Because Andy Reid didn't do that. It was Eric Bieniemy that used to do that. And and I, I'm not saying that means Eric Bieniemy would be the greatest coach ever, but when you listen to comments like what Najee Harris said, some of these other things, I would love that part of it. Now, the rest of it, I don't know. I, I, I think Brian Greasy's got an opportunity to be a good coordinator, but as Matt points out, he hasn't been a coordinator yet, so according to Tomlin, probably out. Scarps, what what do you uh, look for here? Um, I got a variety of a variety of things here. Um, I would I would prefer that. First of all, I, I, I it can't it can't just be an offensive coordinator. I want to make that clear. They need to add multiple minds to this offensive staff. You know, I'm not saying that Ken Dorsey would would want to be a quarterback's coach but he's a he's a younger dude why not like like I, I, this can't just be oh we just need an offensive coordinator they need young innovative minds and new ideas yeah that being said i would prefer that 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 any of these coaches that they want to add on offense do not have ties to the steelers <laughs> no Heinz Ward, <laughs> no Byron Leftwich, and I know they're. Just, I just fucking know they're going to hire Byron Leftwich, which is, would be a huge mistake. But um, the other thing I would say is too is that I think the abilities and the capabilities of the quarterbacks will dictate who they hire as an offensive coordinator, and I mean that because I think Kenny Pickett and Mason Rudolph are both limited to a certain extent, and. I really don't know how, you know, and, and, and it, it, we're going to learn a lot this year, regardless of who the coordinator is about quarterback play. Um, but I don't know if those guys can do everything. You right. know what I mean? I, yes. I don't know if those guys are capable of, of handling, but we'll see. Um, but again, I, they need to open. I posted this earlier. They need to, they need to open up the wallet and hire some guys. Yeah. And you know what? And here's the other thing too. I don't want some old fossil in here. Okay. Okay. If you want to bring in Jim Caldwell as an offensive assistant senior, great. More power to you. But like if an if a coach or coordinator comes here for 
a couple years and then leaves, who cares? As long as they, as long as they elevated us, like yep. we, this can't be like, oh, we've only had three coaches since 1969, so we can only have three coordinators, uh, you know, for the, over the past 30 years. Like we can't, we can't do that. So no ties to the Steelers. I, I'm so, all for that. <laughs> someone that, someone that understands the limitations of the quarterback, but still puts guys in the best positions to succeed. Some guys, you know, a guy that can get guys in his face, but again, not just a coordinator, whether it's a quarterback coach, a passing game coordinator, um, quality control. I don't care. Just bring some young, innovative minds. Uh, Matt, you brought up Pep Hamilton and I was looking him up earlier and I, you know, I don't hate that, but also he was a coordinator four years and he had a top 10 offense one time and that was in 2014 with Andrew Luck in Indianapolis. Andrew Luck ain't walking through that door. <laughs> his last <laughs> his last year as a coordinator was 2022 in Houston and they had the 31st ranked offense. So like <laughs> you know what I would bring I think him we, in for though? I'd bring yeah. him in to work with my quarterbacks. Quarterback coach, quality yeah. control, fine, but I don't think he I don't think he's he's OC worthy. That's yeah, just he, my opinion. I know he was in the college ranks and did a great job with some of the college QBs too. Um, so yeah, I, I, I'm with you. I'm a little concerned. It's going to be Byron left, which, um, but I, I I'm hopeful that it's going to be a little more of an independent thought than that. So uh, let's talk about the can quarterbacks. I, yeah, go ahead. Can I bring up one other point on offensive coordinators? Um, offensive coordinator in the NFL in 2024 is a short time gig. And I say that, we're not yeah. going to find someone. You're not going to find a, a Dick LeBeau of the offense that's going to be your coordinator for 10 years, right? As much as Dick LeBeau was awesome, you're not going to find that, right? So uh, Pete Carmichael got fired by the Saints, and Alex Van Pelt got fired by the Browns. Uh, the Browns, yes. So that means that sorry i posted this on slack i was trying mm -hmm. to find it um the the longest tenured offensive coordinators right now in the league are shane waldron in seattle and dave ragone in atlanta and they were hired in 2021 wow. and both of those teams fired their head coaches so there's no guarantee those guys will be back right so if they're both not back then Every offensive coordinator in the league will have been hired in 2022 or later. So two years or less on the job. So basically what that's saying is if you're an offensive coordinator in the NFL, you're either awesome and get a head coaching gig or you suck and get fired. And that's it. Like those are the two options. And you see it right now, right? Like with all the, the guys getting head coaching offers. Oh, sorry. Brian Callahan in uh, in Cincinnati was hired in 2019, but he's been okay. a popular candidate. For he's interviewing for head jobs head right now. Right. Yep. Exactly. So in the NFL now, if you're a good offensive coordinator, you either if you're an offensive coordinator, your career trajectory is either you're getting fired or you're becoming a head coach like that's it. And you're probably not lasting more than two or three years. So we're not going to find someone who's going to be a long-term solution. Offensive coordinator is not a long-term gig. Like you're, you're looking oh, it's for true. what you're looking for is honestly what you're looking for 
is a, a short-term system that has enough guys that believe in it mm-hmm. that you can easily make replacements, right? So let's take, I know the Steelers have never gone this route, but let's take the Shanahan system, right? And all the guys that have come out of it. Yeah. Sean McVay came out of it and all those guys, right? But there's the Shanahan system and so many guys that know it that Sean McVay in Los Angeles has been able to replace offensive coordinators because there's so many guys that just do this Shanahan system that you can be like, okay, I lost a guy. He became a head coach in wherever, Mm -hmm. but we've got another guy who's a Shanahan disciple and knows the Shanahan system. And, And we've functionally been running the same offense since like, Ron Earhart was our offensive coordinator. It sure, right? it sure it, seems that way. It's basically the same. I mean, maybe yeah. there was a little schematic difference here and there, but it's basically the same offense since Ron Earhart in like 1998 was our offensive yeah. coordinator. Like Chan Gailey was the last one who really did anything different. So, so yeah, it's. Uh, Are you it's, sure Chan Gailey won't be the next offense? <laughs> I'm not, I am not saying a word because who the hell knows? Yeah, Kevin Gilbride. Yeah, but but I'm I'm yeah. just saying that like you know we're regardless of who we hire, it's not going to be a long term thing. Like oh, if I he's know. awesome and we lead the league in scoring, he's getting head coaching interviews right. next year. Um, you know, like look Which at is- Ben Johnson in Detroit. Like you know he was awesome for two years, and now he's getting head coach. He's going to be a head coach somewhere. Yeah, Ian, I completely agree. You know, that's why, That's why. like, as soon as Tomlin said we're looking outside and Yinzer Nation was like, oh, I don't. Like, it's funny because we went from the agony of defeat and then all of a sudden Tomlin get Tomlin does a season-ending press conferences and he looks confident and and he says the right things and Yinzer Nation is like, oh, we're back. We're, we're Super Bowl <laughs> 2024. And as soon as he said that, like, we're looking outside, I'm like, okay, that's fine. But – and then he said about prior experience, and that's why, like I said, I, I, I'm I'm so I'm, I'm so nervous that it's just going to be such a dud, and and we're gonna be we're gonna be in the same spot that we've been in because Ian, I totally agree, but this team, this team still sticks to their ways, and I can picture them bringing in. A, a left witch guy or or maybe even somebody that's older and that's the other thing too is like the game has changed so much just even over the past 10 years like like yeah. you like you know anyway whatever i just i'm really nervous it's going to be byron left and the reason i'm nervous is because of uh this the obviously ties to the steelers but also um byron left uh had Tom Brady for a couple years. And then the one year he had Jameis Winston, they were a top offense, but Jameis Winston threw 30 interceptions that year. And, and, and look at, look at last year when Brady couldn't do anything, they were terrible. And then his first year, his only time and only coordinator year in Arizona, they were terrible. And, and it's just, I don't yeah. like, I just, I'm, I'm scared that they're going to, they're going to pick, somebody no, I, I i agree with you That's you know who else is out there and i don't know if offensive coordinator but that senior offensive assistant like frank reich who is you know kind of bombed out as a head coach right but i i've said for a while that i firmly believe there are guys who are good at being head coaches and there are guys who are just good at being coordinators no like jack del rio question. is a perfect example no question a really good defensive coordinator 
but was a shit ass head coach, right? Some guys just don't do it. They yeah. can't do it. And, yeah. and some of it's that that like being the CEO kind of thing, right? Like they're really right. good at coordinating one side of the ball. And and maybe maybe Frank Reich doesn't want to be a coordinator, doesn't want to do the day-to-day kind of job, but maybe as like a senior offensive assistant where he gets paid to just kind of be in the building and be like, hey, I've developed quarterbacks. Here's here's a good thing to do. Here's mm-hmm. a good thing to consider. Like, but that's a system guy, right? That's like the Frank Reich system. And and he came up in and, and that's kind of what Philly's still running, even though you know, Shane Steichen's the head coach now, but he was an assistant under Reich. And it's mm-hmm. like, but you get that you get that system guy, and then it's easier to find replacements for those people when they move on to head coaching jobs, hopefully. Because that's the best scenario, right? That we're so good on offense that we the coordinator becomes a head coach. Would it so. be fair to say that any coordinator that's got coordinating experience also should hopefully have some experience with a young QB that has shown some positive steps forward. I, I mean, I, I think that's what I'm looking for. And that's my only saving grace, I think, uh, Scarps, with thinking it might not be left, which because his his guys, when he did have young guys, if I recall, they weren't great. And then when he had Brady, well, we know Brady. Um, you know, yeah, who do you think was calling those plays? Um, yeah. Yeah, and 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 – are we going to talk about the QBs? Yeah, we we can kind of segue into that right now, and, and and you know, just to be clear, uh, Mason Rudolph's a free agent. They they will make an attempt to re-sign him. That's he loves Pittsburgh. He says all the right things. That doesn't mean some other team isn't going to come along and blow him out of the water with a great offer that he can't refuse. Um, Mitch Trubisky, I think almost everybody knows is going to be cut. Uh, he's going to make too much money. Get him, get rid of him, save a little cap money, and then you got the year of dead money. Uh, and then, of course, you got Pickett. Um, I, you know, people got upset. Some people got upset today when he kind of said, you know, Kenny's QB1. Well, who else is there? You know, you don't really have anybody else there. Um, and and I'm, I'm pretty sure you're not talking about Trace McSorley. So, you know, yeah, I, I, so go ahead. Uh, right. Right. I just, I, I would be stunned if he's back. Let's put it that way. Yeah. So, uh, Scarps, did you have further comment on the QBs? It was just, you know, it was, you know, if, if they, if they do bring in a recent, a coordinator that has recently been coordinating, um, Byron Leftwich not included and, and right. also Pep Hamilton, not included, but if they bring in a guy, you know, maybe, maybe that, maybe that coordinator brings in a quarterback that he's, that he's familiar with. Mm-hmm. Um, so then you have Kenny, some random veteran quarterback that comes with the OC and maybe a draft pick, but then maybe Mason resigns and, and Tomlin today complimented Mason a ton. He kept repeating yep. that there will be competition. Yep. Um, and uh, they, he flat out said, we, we want to do business with Mason. Now, did Mason, um, did he play well enough where he gets money elsewhere? I, I don't know. But right. um, regardless, you cannot, like, you can't go into the season with Kenny and Mason battling it out for QB1. You just can't. Like, no. they're going to do like, that. Uh, and, 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 okay. And you know what, Ian, you're probably right. And it's a shame because whoever wins that battle is arguably one of the worst quarterbacks in the AFC. Um, and you know, I, 
that that is not hyperbole. Like, like I don't think so. Because you got to think the Raiders are going to try to get a quarterback, and he'll be probably a rookie. Um, and this is a pretty good quarterback class. Um, I, I just like you're not going to like. Yeah, you. You know what? I'm, I don't want to. I don't want to take Casey's material away from him. But no, no, they, don't do that. They need to. You know, they need to to do their due diligence and 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 bring in a veteran guy, in my opinion, to regardless of whether it's Mason and Kenny, you got to bring in a veteran. I, I've text, I messaged you guys on Slack. Yeah. I would take Tyrod Taylor right now over Mason and Kenny. Well, I, I mean, I, I go back to the original decision to keep playing Mason. I, I mean, the fact of the matter is the, the offense was competent under Mason. They could score. Um, and it was not under Kenny. And, I, I mean, if let, let's say Mason Rudolph had a, a a year left on his deal, and what if Mike Tomlin would walk in and say, "Yeah, we're going with Mason," would anybody really think he was out of his mind? I don't. I mean, I I want Kenny Pickett to succeed. I want to be able to say we spent a a, a first round draft pick on a guy who has led us to some great things. I, I want to be able to say that. I haven't seen anything yeah. that makes me be able to say that yet, though. That's the problem. Pick, uh, pick it know. being pick it being good is good for the Steelers, right? Like yeah. Mason Mason yeah. turning around his career oh is my good God. for this is good for the Steelers. Mm-hmm. But but <laughs> I haven't seen anything from Pickett that makes me believe he's suddenly no. going to turn this around and be great. And then. I think Mason is a great story. I've supported him, but I don't trust him long term. Nope. <laughs> you know nope. what I mean? I don't either. I, no. I just don't. And and you know, I would also say too that you know if you know if I'm if I'm an OC and I'm trying to make a name for myself, and there probably will be those guys. Um, but if I'm an OC and I have experience, and I come to interview with the Steelers, and Mike Tomlin looks at me and goes. Yeah, it's either going to be Mason or Kenny. You have to work with him. Like, huh? Like, can, can we do better? Like, I, I don't want to. Like, that's that's a shit show. I'm not that, even, Ryan. I'm that, to deal with this. That's a great point. I mean, because if I'm a new coordinator coming in and I'm interviewing, that's going to be one of my first questions. But if I'm but if I'm a young guy that doesn't have coordinator experience and I want to make a name for myself, I'm like, oh, I could work with this. It's like two shitty ingredients, and you got to make a, a five star, four star dish. Like it's like I it ain't going to be a Michelin dish, yeah. maybe. Uh, Ian, I know you have some comments on this, and and so let it rip. I do, Ryan. Did you get everything out you wanted to say? Because I got like. Yes, I'm gonna talk for a while. Here. Ian's I'm ready sorry. to roll here. I feel like there's times on this show where you know that scene from Guardians of the Galaxy where they're like, "Quiet, Captain's gonna teach stuff." Like, there's people <laughs> in the chat who are like, "Oh, Ian's going off again. Here we go." You know, <laughs> Steelers freak's not with us tonight. Usually, he's like, "Up, oh, Ian's gonna teach stuff." No, again, no burner you know? either. They must yeah. still be in mourning. That's okay. Um, so it, I know I'm preaching to the choir, but. You know, here's here's the problem that the Steelers have got themselves in, right? They spent a first round pick on Kenny Pickett. Yep. And they're gonna want to give him one more chance. I mean, Tomlin even said that today, right? They asked him who is the starter next year on right. the roster today, and he said yes. So it's 
they're going to want to give Kenny a chance to compete for the starting job. So given that, when you're looking at the, the quarterback market out there, right, you're not going to go out and sign a Kirk Cousins or a Justin Fields or whatever who is going to be your starter, right? If you go get one of those guys, they're going to be your starter, right? If you're going to pay Kirk Cousins $35 million a year in guaranteed money, he's going to be your starter. There's no competition, but mm-hmm. they're they're going to want a competition. They're going to want Kenny to compete for the job. So that means they're not going to go out and go after a Baker Mayfield or a Kirk Cousins or, or whatever, right? No. So that knocks you down to the next tier of quarterbacks. Now you're talking about guys like Tyrod Taylor, like, you know, Jacoby Brissett, like Mason Rudolph, um, like Drew Locke. So, okay, but... I mean, all those guys are kind of the Spider-Man meme just pointing at each other, right? Like, Jacoby Brissett is fine. I I would, Jacoby Brissett's probably better than any quarterback we have on the roster right now. But, like, Jacoby Brissett's not going to go out and win you a playoff game either. So, mm-hmm. you know, at the end of the day, I know Ben, who's not with us tonight, has said before repeatedly that we have three backup quarterbacks on the roster. Like, if you rank out the quarterbacks in the league you know we don't have anyone that's better than 25th right now and and we're probably right right, now for god's sake and we're probably not going to be able to sign anyone that's better than 25th so this is kind of where i'm at and i can't believe i've gotten to this point but I guess I should throw like Gardner Minshew in there too, which if we signed Gardner Minshew, he immediately is like a folk hero in Pittsburgh for the mustache and everything. Oh my else. God. Could you imagine <laughs> Gardner Minshew and Jim Bob Cooter? It would be, it would be, it would be, I, I, I'm not even kidding you. I mean, like it would be legendary. Like I agree. Like Minshew and you brought, brought in Jim Bob Cooter has the greatest name of all time, but still like, I'd be I'd be fine with that because like Gardner like, Minshew lit us the fuck up this year. Like yeah. so, you know without without Michael Pittman. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, so so yeah, but but I can't believe I'm saying this. But the best long term thing for the Steelers might be to suck for a year to get a good draft pick to get a quarterback. And if you look at like the guys who are the premier starters in the league, right? Your Brock Purdy's and Jalen Hurts aside, most of them were top twelve picks in the draft. Josh Allen, Patrick Mahomes, you know Joe Burrow, uh, Tua, Justin uh-huh. Herbert. Most of of the premier quarterbacks were top twelve picks. We're in quarterback purgatory right now. We're we picking 15th to 20th every year. You're going to get a tier two or tier three court. Like at best, you might get the fourth best quarterback in a, in a draft. You might get Mac Jones picking at that point. Right. Cause that's what the Patriots did. Right. They were like, Oh, we're picking 16th. Mac Jones is still here. Yeah. We'll take him and look how that played out. Right. So and we, we pick Kenny Pickett 20th overall. Right. If you want the elite talent, you got to be in the top 12. So that either means if you're going to be mid, as the mm-hmm. kids would say, and <laughs> stay in that, you know, mid, right around the fringe of the playoffs kind of range, 
then you're going to be picking 15th, 20th every year, and you're going to have to trade next year's first-round pick to move up just to get into the top 10 to pick maybe the third-best quarterback at 8th or ninth overall. And then you've mortgaged your future to take like the third-best quarterback. Or you could suck for a year. I know. I can't believe I'm saying this, but if you suck for a year, then maybe you land, you know, uh, CJ Stroud at number two, or you land uh, a, yeah. a Justin Herbert at what six or seven, wherever he was picked, right? You give yourself a chance, right? And I can't believe I'm saying this because I always want the Steelers to be the best they can be. I right. don't want them to suck, but Kenny Pickett's not the long term answer. And thinking long term, the best thing long-term might be to suck for a year. And that's not a referendum on Mike Tomlin. If Mike Tomlin has a losing season, it doesn't mean Mike Tomlin's a bad coach, right? Right. The Steelers went six and 10 under Bill Cowher and then drafted Ben Roethlisberger and went 15 and one the next year and then won the Super Bowl the following year. It's not a referendum on the coach. It's that you just suck for a year. And sometimes that's what you need to do, especially in this day and age in the NFL, where it's a quarterback driven league to get that elite talent. At quarterback. So, so I will I will say this. I will say this that um there I, I'm surprised a little bit by the comments in the chat that I guess people don't think Justin Fields is that good. Uh, Justin Fields is immediately the best quarterback on the Steelers roster, and I think he automatically becomes a top half in the AFC. That I, dude, I was just gonna, the, yeah. the dude, the dude has legs. The dude, like watch him throw the ball. Like I, yeah, I'm not going to say he doesn't have turnovers or whatever, but like he, and he's still a project, but like that dude's ceiling is way high. Um, anyway, getting back to that, but, um, you know, Ian, we talk about like, I, you know, sucking or don't want to suck. What have they done the past seven years? <laughs> They've been I mean, mid, right? They've been they've, mid. They've been in, we're, we're in that purgatory range of like picking fifteenth to twentieth, right? But, we're we're right on that fringe of like yeah. we're not good enough to win so, the Super Bowl, but we're not bad enough to get. Uh, you know, you're like yeah. it's, it's like being the kid who's asked pick a number between one and ten, and every time the kid says five. So so what? Would, every so, single time. So you know, so mid. would you? So would you rather maybe be nine and eight or ten and seven and get? and get your doors blown off in the first round like we have been doing or would you rather be 5 and 12 and and get a really good player a much better player than you would at 20 cuz to me I'd take two out of these past 7 years I would take two 5 and 12 seasons to be able to get a CJ Stroud hey. or to be able to get um uh Justin uh, Herbert ju- or yeah just yeah Justin Herbert yeah um, not to, but just, but just, no. or even, or even like one year you get one year, you get, uh, one year you get a Herbert, uh, and then, and then the next year you get a stud offensive tackle that could play on the right side. So project Jones can go back to the left. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. like, it's yeah. just, it's just like, I, I you know, and I'm not saying the Steelers should tank, right? Because I'm I'm on the record on the show saying you always want to be in the You're dance. Never you never always want to make the playoffs anyway, and, and you always want to be competitive. But I mean, how many games did we win by one score this year? Right? You flip a couple of those results, Seven and all eight. of a sudden, yeah. I mean, I mean, Bill Cowher always said that the line between ten and six and six and ten was a, a very thin line. Um, and, and to Jamie's point in the chat here, Mark, if you want to put it up on the screen sure. too. 
um, that that Baltimore settled for Lamar Jackson at 32. That's true. Baltimore also completely redesigned their offense yep. to fit Lamar's skill set. If Lamar had been drafted by the Jets when when they picked Sam Darnold instead, if if Lamar goes to the Jets in quarterback killer Adam Gase is his head coach. <laughs> I don't think he becomes Lamar Jackson, right? No, I agree. I, I, situation matters a lot for quarterbacks. And you no, got to have that situation in place for them to be able to be and, successful. And they fired and they fired who the hell is his name? Oh my god. Greg Roman. They fired Roman, off the yeah. coordinator and then they rebuilt the offense with Todd Monken. You guys yeah. were you guys were talking about Gardner Minshew. He has 37 starts in in five seasons in the NFL. What do you think his record is? 37 starts. Yeah, so he he had he had 12 in Jacksonville. Or I'm sorry, no, he would have had uh, 20 in Jacksonville. He had four in Philly, and then he had 13 this year in Indianapolis. 23 and 15, 19 okay. and 18, 15 and 22. Oh, wow. okay, okay, so so. That so one for the thousandth time, win loss is a team stat. Quarterback win loss is a team stat. Yep. So for all the so for all the fucking picketologists yeah. <laughs> who say, well, Kenny, you winner. Team yeah. stat. No, that, that's team I, stat. I mean, I was stunned by that. I would I, I was just looking at it. Um so let's talk about Fields just for a second. There's a lot of yeah. people talking about him in the chat, and I want to be respectful. Of I love Justin Fields. I, I would love him on the Steelers. Honestly, my biggest hangup is I think the Brown. Uh, sorry, not the Browns. Fuck. I think the Bears, I'm since bear. Ryan Poles is still their GM, are snake bit over the Chase Claypool trade and just wouldn't do business with us. I, I think that is 100% accurate. I, I can see. I, I totally buy that. But I'm going to ask you, though, what would you give up for him? I mean, we have the 20th overall pick this year. You you can't look like 20. Yeah. Yeah. Well, he's got two years left on his rookie contract plus a fifth year option because he was a first round pick. No, he has. He no, has, he's got one year. One one year left. left Right. So you got to make the decision. Yeah. Ooh, that might knock it down. I wouldn't give up a first for that then, because you you'd have to make the decision this year if you're exercising the fifth-year option. Yeah, I like what Matt said, the second and fourth. Um, (laughs) Dark Storm. Yeah. (laughs) Ham sandwich. Yeah. Dark Storm. I don't know if we've had Dark Storm in the chat before. Welcome to the show. Glad you're joining us. Of course, it's in Chicago, so that would be like what a uh, uh, a hot beef sandwich or something like that. Is that what kind of sandwiches? Yeah, Chicago. Uh, Yeah, I I mean, look, people are going to talk about it until it doesn't happen. I, I, you know, and I, I, I'm just, I'm really fascinated to see our approach at quarterback this year because I, I think when you look at the AFC, I think Mike Tomlin has to know better than anybody. I can't win games with an average quarterback. My defense is not that good. This is not a Trent Dilfer year. Here's what I'll say, though, right? Mason Rudolph gave us, like, 
better, uh, slightly better than average play, right? Like his quarterback rating was what one one twelve and above every is game. Is it fair but... to also include the opponents he played well against versus the opponents he didn't? Yeah, okay, it it is, but but nevertheless, like I think we saw this team is capable if this team can get above average quarterback play or even average quarterback play, right. like they're capable of being a competitor, but we haven't gotten even average quarterback play. You know, I would, yeah. And, and again, he, obviously I'm a, I support Mason. I also think too, that and Tomlin said this today, I don't think anybody thought he was going to play that well. And I guarantee you that the, that the teams that, that, that faced him were like, this dude is not going to beat us. And then, <laughs> and then he, he played well, but Ian, I, you're absolutely right. Like we're so starved for like, average quarterback play that we that we see mason and and I, I mean i'm dead serious when i say this there are plenty of people that are like oh no mason mason should start next year and i'm like no <laughs> like like we can do better it's i mean mm-hmm. it's the same it's like it's like it's not stockholm syndrome but maybe it is <laughs> but like but i mean i mean like i mean the the amount of people that were like oh man eric eric or we need to get eric row back here i'm like eric row 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 your boat death row records was wasn't even on a squad like like we were only we were only like had to go to the well because we didn't have anybody else yeah. like we can do better like 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 again you know my, you know, we want to talk about, oh, we're the Steelers, we're the Steelers, and we want to talk shit to everybody else's, you know, all the opposing fans. It's like, we could do better. We could do better than Mason Rudolph. We could do better than Eric Rowe. We could do better than Patrick Peterson. Like, like let's let's get back, like, let's get back to finding dudes like that are good football players that all come together, that all buy in, put the team first. James and I still and I, and I still think that that is a couple years away, but, um, yeah, Justin Fields automatically makes this team so much better, and it makes them a threat. And I, I, I don't know, like you, it, it, but then again, two months ago, people were saying that Kenny Pickett is better than Justin Fields. Oh, well, so silly. What? Well, uh, uh, yeah, I forgot what I was going to say. There, alcohol's kicking in though. Um, yeah, something but, like that. But, but I mean, the honestly. If you want the team to be competitive, the worst case scenario for next year is that they go in with Kenny and Mason and like maybe a third or fourth round draft pick and are like, oh yeah, this will be fine. We'll figure it out. And then that's that's not a good scenario to be competitive in 2024. Right. But sorry, but that's a good scenario to get a high draft pick in 2025 and be competitive long term after that. So yeah, yeah, I, I, I don't know. It's, it's tough. I mean, and we said this on the show from from the beginning of the year, though. Like the worst possible thing they could do is bring back Matt Canada because this year would be a lost yes. year. And then yes. they did it, and, and this year it. was a lost year. Yep. And now we got to go hire a new offensive yep. coordinator. And because we're hiring a new offensive coordinator, they got to give Kenny another chance. So we're not in the quarterback market this year. And it's just, I, I, yes, ah. yes. 
Um, I want to move on to uh, just discuss that, that's the, in depth uh, analysis. That's a technical term. Blah is blah, a, a industry yeah. term. Yes. Yeah, like John Madden, you know, they're boom here, they're boom there. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Here's a guy who got his contacts in, he can see better. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the four uh, divisional round games this weekend. Um, I, I don't know what our records were last week. Oh, terrible. Uh, I, yeah, I know I didn't do well. Uh, I know that much, but, uh, anyway, uh, in the NFC, you have the Packers at Niners. I love the Packers approach. They're young and they don't give a shit. They're just going out and playing right now and seeing where things go. I still think the Niners win that game. What do you guys think? There's a potential for a Bay of Pigs NFC championship game, which is kind of cool. Um, but we've had that one time, haven't we? Tampa Bay, uh, Green Bay. I'm not sure. Did I we? Thought we had it trying once. To Maybe not. Or now, now you've got me thinking about the NFC championship games. I'm not yeah. sure. Um, at any like rate, it was during the Warren Sapp times. That's yeah, was, was it? Because it was when Dungy coached the box. Yeah. Something like maybe I, I could be wrong. Would have been 2002 because anyway. that was the year the Bucks went to the Super Bowl, right? right. They played anyway, the go ahead, Ian. I'm sorry. All right. At, at any rate, no, I San Francisco home teams have done very well in the playoffs. The only one home team has lost so far, which was Dallas, which was hilarious. Um, but San Francisco's losses this year all came when they were not at full strength, and they are pretty much right. at full strength here in the playoffs. Um, and, and they're really good and really, really fun to watch as much as I hate to admit it because they have they, five Super Bowls. And if they win another one, they'll be tied with us, but they're really yep. fun to watch. And they're, you know, schematically they're really good. Um, so yeah, I, I think, I think San Francisco wins this one, but th- this is kind of cool that like, as someone who was born in the eighties and grew up watching football in the nineties, you know, there was a lot of like Packers, Cowboys, 49ers, Packers, 49ers, Cowboys playoff games. So this is kind of like a throwback to my youth of like, Oh yeah, we got the Packers Cowboys game. Now we get a Packers 49ers game. This is, this is fun. So I I like it. I like the matchup. Um, but I, I think the 49ers are the better team. Okay. Yeah. I, Ian, you're totally right. I, I can hear Pat Summerall's voice already in my head. I'm on green with the three. <laughs> like, <you> know, like, <laughs> to the 20, to the 25. Um, that's oh, a terrible R.I.P. Right, Pat Summerall. Oh. Sorry, I butchered that. But um, I like, I still like the 49ers, but I, I think this yeah. is going to be a low-scoring game, like 20 Ooh. to 17. I think it's going to be very close. I think the Packers – you're right. They give zeros. Um, I think that their defense is is playing well. Um, and you know, I I, I know Frisco's Frisco's a really good team, but um, I always believe in the rust. Um, they are you know, not to believe in the rust, but I think Frisco wins like twenty to seventeen. Okay. Uh, the other NFC game, of course, is um, the Lions hosting the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Um, who, by the way, are playing indoors in Detroit? Um, what? The... <laughs> that, that, really? That poor, How about that, that poor lady? Jesus, that poor lady was set up. Uh, in in any case, I you know let's not forget that the Tampa Bay Buccaneers got into the postseason with a nine to nothing win over Carolina. 
Uh, as good as they looked against Philly, I think Philly was basically already had the golf clubs and the beach wear packed away. Uh, give me the Lions in this one. Ian? It would be pretty awesome to see like a Lions Bills Super Bowl. That would be unbelievable. Like if you follow like the Sickos committee on Twitter, that's the ultimate yeah. Sickos matchup is like a actually no, Houston and Detroit would be the ultimate Sickos matchup. But uh but oh. but the, the Lions, I mean, man, I love what Dan Campbell's done with that team. Yeah. And you know, when you look at head coaches right now in the league. You either have head coaches that are the successful head coaches are either ones who are offensive schematic geniuses uh-huh. or are like culture guys and like Dan Campbell and actually D'Amico Ryan's in Houston. Like they're those culture guys, right? They right. completely came in and just changed the culture of the organization. Like everything you see about what Campbell's done in Detroit is, is just, you know, completely changed the way that team operates. Um, and Detroit's super fun to watch. And I said this last week on the show because I picked Philadelphia that I can't bring myself to pick Baker Mayfield to win anything. <laughs> so that said, if the Steelers somehow signed him, he would immediately become the best quarterback on the roster. Oh, yeah. But nevertheless, I'm going to go with the Lions at home. Okay. Scarps, what do you got? If the Lions, if the Lions were, were going to lose in, in one of these two weeks, it was going to be last week. I thought and so too. I thought they weathered the storm. Matthew Stafford threw for like almost 400 yards, but they weathered the storm. They handled their emotions well. And, yeah. and you know, it's, it's, it's like the, the lions are, the lions are pretty much like who we want to be, right? We want to run, we want to run the ball. We want to, we want to have explosive plays on offense. And then mm-hmm. our def their, their defense is at the best, but it bends. Yes, it doesn't break. It does bend. Um, yep. I think Baker Mayfield played himself into a, a contract I with Tampa too. Bay, um, but um, I, I I do think the Eagles didn't give a shit about that game, and I I think the Lions are riding that wave, and um, I think the Lions are going to win by like two scores. I think it's yeah. a big big moment for them. I wouldn't be surprised either. Um, AFC, let's talk Houston, Baltimore first. I really, really, really want to take the Texans here. I think the rust thing, uh, especially with guys like Lamar, who didn't even play against us, so what's it been, three weeks? Um, ah, I just, I don't I don't know. I, I Baltimore just seems too good. I, I, I'm going to go with Baltimore in a close one there. Ian? So Mike Tomlin hasn't won a playoff game in seven years. But. Did you know that John Harbaugh is one in four in the last eight years in the That's playoffs? True. That's true. The the Ravens just like find ways to choke in the playoffs. Uh-huh. And they've got a really good roster. But you know, you, you talk about Green Bay like giving zero fucks. Like Houston gives less than zero fucks like houston just goes out and they're like we're gonna air it out and we'll see if you can stop us houston is so much fun to watch they are um and the the attitude they play with on defense and just flying to the ball um and their willingness to to air it out on offense now like cj stroud could get he's a rookie he could get completely overwhelmed by the ravens defense they do a lot of a lot of pressures, a lot yes. of unique looks, a lot of things like that. Agreed. You know, 
I, I could definitely see Baltimore winning this game, but it would be a lot of fun if Houston won too. <laughs> um, but I, I think at the end of the day, um, Houston's had some issues at kicker this year. And while Justin Tucker has missed a few, if it comes down to it, he's kicking at home in the playoffs. And, and I, I think Baltimore edges this one yeah, out. It's hard to go against that dude, man. Yeah. Scarps. Yeah. I, Baltimore is going to stop the run. Um, you know, I, I, I don't know if I told you guys this, but like, man, if, if tank Dell didn't get hurt and obviously Noah Brown, <laughs> Noah Brown, Noah Brown's on IR too. So yep. besides Nico Collins, they do have Dalton Schultz, but like, and Robert Woods, who's hasn't really been yeah. a guy in a while. Um, I think CJ Stroud is is a superstar in the making, but I, too. I think the Ravens are going to run the ball, and the Browns had pretty good success running the ball last week. The Ravens are going to run the ball. I think they'll be rusty as well, but I, I I'm thinking twenty to seventeen, Justin Tucker gotcha. type of you know type of type of walk off. Same same as the other one. I I believe in the rust and. But I, as much as I don't like the Ravens, they do have a really good roster. And um, yeah, is it Mike McDonald? Yes. There's Mike Mike McDonald's our D coordinator, right? Yes. Yes. But not to be confused with Michael McDonald, um, but <laughs> or Mike McDaniel. Anyway, but I like the Ravens. Um, I was gonna try and do a Michael McDonald impersonation, but I couldn't get, get it out. Get, 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 yeah. Um, and the last one, of course, is the Bills hosting the Chiefs. Uh, I, man, Allen is impressive. Uh, I, I got a feeling that this is Mahomes' first time on the road. Yes, he's played in Super Bowls, which is important, but he's never been in a whole uh, a playoff game away from home before. I, I like the Bills in this one by a touchdown. Ian? I don't know if I'd go by a touchdown, but I think you know the Bills took some injuries last week against yes, us. Yes, they did. Gabe Davis could be back this week. They got some other guys who could be back. So, um, yeah, the, this, one, this one feels like a, a close game that gets settled at the end. Um, I would love to see the Bills beat the Chiefs, um, just because I'm kind of tired of seeing the Chiefs win. Same. And yeah, it, it would be. I know the Bills beat us, but I, I think I said last week on the show that the Bills felt like a team that could either lose in the first round or go all the way, and they didn't lose in the first round. So I probably am going to pick them to go all the way at this point. Um, yeah, I, I like what the Bills are doing on both sides of the ball. And, yeah, I think playing at home definitely <laughs> makes a big difference in front of that crowd of just absolute insanity. So it, the, the the other thing I'll say is the Chiefs this year, and you brought it up earlier when we talked about Eric Bieniemy, but yeah. they've done this weird thing where, like, they forget how to play football in the second half of games. Yeah. Like, they'll look so schematically dominant and so unstoppable in the first half. And then the second half, they'll just, like, forget how to play football and not yep. score. Yep. And so, yeah, I think I think Buffalo is is has been better at making adjustments this year. You even go back to the Week 18 game against the, the Dolphins where – the Dolphins were running like two plays on offense and then Buffalo figured that out at halftime and decided to stop them. And then Miami went like three and out every possession in the second half. So yeah, I, I like the bills in this one, but it's going to be close. 
Yeah. The the other thing I would say um, related to that too, is just that, that uh, Taylor Swift, you know, might, might lose. uh, And and that would be just awful. Oh, what a shame. Scarps, what do you got now? I, I have the bills and I have them large. And I cannot wait. You know, I, I, I said this, the, the, the bills was the worst draw we could have had. And if, oh, we, yeah. if we went to Miami, I think we might've won that game. I agree. And, and if we went to Kansas city, I know we would have given them a better shot than the dolphins did. The bills are just, they're rolling. They've been rolling. And I don't want to say it's kind of, I, I don't want to, I don't want to compare them to the Oh five Steelers. I, boy, it's funny. I was going to do that too. But remember the Steelers, the 05 Steelers were seven and five. They won yep. four in a row. Then they won four more. Bills were six and six. They've won six in a row. Yep. Um, and they're just feeling and and, and this is Mahomes' first road game. I think Josh is George, Josh Allen's gonna gonna look at the gonna gonna watch the last dance and he's gonna take it personally like Michael <laughs> Jordan did. And I I mean I Josh Allen is going to I'm I'm talking like game. You're going to remember Josh Allen, this game from him forever. He is going to fucking destroy this team, and I can't wait. I cannot wait, and I cannot wait to hear the national people say that Travis Kelsey was distracted by Taylor Swift, that Mahomes lost his touch. Is this the end of Patrick Mahomes? I don't care. I got the Bills. Uh, I guess they came out there, uh, but Travis was distracted by uh, Taylor. Yeah, that's a good Uh, Kermit. Kermit Kermit the Frog, he does. He really sounds like him. Yeah. I'm here. You ever see that? <laughs> you ever see that one where he's yelling? I'm here all day, Crosby. I'm here. All right, is Casey Kasem uh, out of the grave and uh, available today? Yeah, he is. Oh goodness gracious! <laughs> Casey's coast to coast. Uh, yeah, Jamie, I, I, I got the Bills by two, at least two scores. <laughs> Casey's coast to coast, American top forty. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the week that was January eighteenth. 1978 our favorite correspondent ryan is back again with us this week and he writes dear casey picketologists tomlin apologists flood my timeline like katrina did to new orleans here's the reason no losing seasons and qb1 status got me sneezing and wheezing five straight playoff losses but my bosses ain't tossing me out the building like they did to rick ross's Ifs and shouldas don't pay the bills, but I could have had me some postseason stacks if our defense would have remembered that they weren't on the sofa. I'm Mr. Lova Lova. Casey, that's not a parody. That's an original from yours truly. I'm feeling this flow. Hate me because they ate me. Tears, no fears. I've got bars, Casey. I'm stunting like my Kenny. I'm sure you've heard the news by now that Kenny Pickett is going to be QB1 heading into 2024. Mike Tomlin confirmed this earlier today at his season-ending press conference. Casey, Tomlin was smiling like a head coach who just got a contract extension, despite being 3-9 and nine in his last 12 postseason games. As he put it, he isn't job-scared. Damn, Mike, that's cold as hell, just like your defenses in the last five playoff games. Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> While Tomlin did say Pickett would be QB1, he repeatedly said that there would be competition and that we don't anoint anyone. Mike then read his favorite word salad from the book of Tomlin. 
Let he who hath understand that the thoughtfully non-rhythmic shall, quite frankly, understand the minutiae associated with years of playoff disappointment, obviously. In which the picketologist replied, Praise to you, Lord Kenneth Shane Pickett. <laughs> Tomlin also complimented Mason repeatedly and even said they were interested in doing business with him. Sounds to me like they want Mason back. Regardless, you cannot go into the season with Kenny and Mason fighting Kenny and Mason fighting for QB1. We've already seen the Battle of Mid, and it's literally a non-losing season and a first-round exit. They absolutely need to upgrade the QB spot. It's like they don't understand that you need a QB to compete. Casey, I go crazy when I think about this team. Well, Ryan, keep your feet on the ground and keep reaching for the stars. Up two spots to number 19 this week. Here's Paul Davis off his album, Singer of Songs, Teller of Tales with I Go Crazy. <laughs> Paul Davis. Wow. I swear to God, I wouldn't have guessed that in like a million years. Uh, I rap they, better than Le'Veon Bell. <laughs> and I rapped in a Casey Kasem impression. This is <laughs> right. So that's saying something right there. Wow. <laughs> Little Paul Davis. Didn't Paul Davis also do cool nights? It's going to be a cool. Yeah, night. I think that was him, too. <laughs> yes, yeah. It was. Uh, thanks so much for everybody joining us tonight. It is the off season, but <laughs> we'll be here every week because I hate well, myself. We have nothing better to do. Uh, hopefully, Ben will be back, and uh, who knows. But thanks, for everybody, for being here. Check out the website, stillcityblitz.com. Check us out on our socials and all that other good stuff. And uh, I guess, Ian, you're going to have to take the Ben roll tonight. Oh, I guess um, I am. And, uh, hey, don't forget, kids, go Steelers. And the Ravens suck. <laughs> and I love Dave Matthews. <laughs>